I'm in a storm. I'm in a battle. Who would be honest today and say, you know what? That's me. Who, who, have you, who, who would be brave enough to say, man, I got stuff. I got junk that, I mean, I'm facing it. I'm in it. I'm going through it. And I need help. I think all of us at some point in our life are going to be there. All of us at some point of our life, and we're going to say, man, I am in the midst of the fire. I'm in a storm. I'm in a battle. And there's nothing that I can really do on my own. There's nothing that I can really do to help myself. I have good news for you today. We have been reading story after story over the past several weeks of people who were going through a fire, people who were in a storm, people who were in a battle, people that need to be healed. And Jesus showed up in their life, and he did something amazing. And some of you, maybe you've been with me through this series. Maybe you've been with us uh, for the past several weeks. Maybe you go all the way back to that first sermon and maybe some beyond that where I said, hey, I want you to pray. If this, does the Lord want to do something amazing in your life? I want you to ask God if you need healing, if you need spiritual healing. Uh, I want you to ask the Lord to do something amazing for you and in you. Maybe you have a hurt or a habit or a hang-up or, or something, and maybe you've been praying about that. And maybe you would say, you know what? I'm still in the fire. I, I'm still in the storm. I mean, I, I, I need that shelter to come over me. I need God to show up and do something amazing. My, I guess my encouragement to you today would be don't stop praying. Uh, don't stop praying and don't stop asking. Just because God doesn't do for you exactly what you ask, does not mean that he's not there. And that song is a great reminder of that, that he's going to always be with us. It doesn't necessarily, the Bible never really necessarily says that God is going to remove the fire or remove the storm or take it away from us. What our Bible says that he is going to be with us as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that he's going to be right there next to us, that he's going to help us to get through it, and he's promised us his presence. And ultimately, that's what we want. Ultimately, that's what we desire. We desire to have a relationship with Him. Now, I've said this before. You've, you've heard me say this. I've, I've, tried to, I've tried to make this something I've said all throughout this series. But just because God doesn't fix the circumstances of our life does not mean that God's not with us. In fact, we're going to see today, in this passage that we're going to read in, uh, in Luke chapter 17, we're going to see a group of people who Jesus did a major work in the circumstances of their life, but a lot of them never received a spiritual benefit from it. Not really. And, uh, and we're, we're going to see ten lepers, ten lepers that get healed, and really only one of them had anything happen in their soul. And what good is it if, we, if, if God fixes all of the external circumstances in our life? What good is it if God gives us exactly what it is that we're looking for, but yet God doesn't, uh, but we, we don't respond to God in a way to where our hearts are changed and we know Him better? Because that's ultimately God wants, what God wants for us. God wants for us to know Him better. If we don't grow spiritually, does it really matter if the circumstances in our life get all fixed? I would say no. And we're going to see today, we're going to see today this one leper. He got his circumstances straightened out by Jesus. And he got exactly what he asked for. But he also received a spiritual benefit. Now a lot of us would say, man, sign me up for that. 
I want to pray a prayer asking God to do a miracle. God will do the miracle, and then I'll have my circumstances fixed, and I'll have the spiritual benefit. Wouldn't it be great if that's the way it was in every case? Unfortunately, it's not, uh, but it was for this guy right here. I want to, let's read this together. Luke chapter 17, uh, if you have your copy of God's Word, uh, if you wouldn't mind taking it and standing with me as we read Luke chapter 15, uh, excuse me, Luke chapter 17. Uh, if you don't have a copy of God's Word, uh, there's one in your pew. Uh, you're welcome to use that one. Um, and I'll also have the words on the screen. Look at this situation. Look what Jesus does. And particularly, I want you to look at the response of these ten lepers. There's a response that happens after Jesus does a miracle in their life. I want you to notice what they do. Really, I want you to notice what one does and what nine don't do. And if you're familiar with the story, you kind of already know what happens. Verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back praising God with a loud voice and fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Let's pray. God, these stories that we read and these healings that we read about and these people that had demons cast out of them and, and they had uh, physical problems like these lepers that were healed and even, even the stories of people being raised from the dead, God, we want these things. Lord, you know that we need these things. We're in a storm. We need, uh, we're in a fire. Lord, we need shelter. We need your help. And you are the only one that can really come through for us. God, we need these things, but even more, even more than that, God, we need you. We need to have a relationship with you. We want to be close to you, even if the fire and the storm and the battle rages on. Lord, we just want you. We just want your presence. Would you do that for your people today? God, would you comfort them? Would you strengthen them? Speak to them through your word. And we offer this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. So I really just have this sermon and one more, and, uh, and, and this series is over. And I, I, have this, I have this rhythm of sadness that I go through as I, get, as I get to the end of a series. Right about the time that you're saying, oh my goodness, with will this series ever end, is right about the time that I'm saying, oh no, this series is almost over. Uh, but we've got this sermon and one more next week, 
and uh, we'll be done. Uh, we'll be done with this with this series. Well, this story, this story kind of begins in the same spot that all the other stories that we've looked at. All the different people that are sick, and you know, people that have been raised from the dead, or these lepers. You know, there's they're all, they're all in a they're all in a desperate situation. The woman with the issue of blood, the father that had the child that was dying, the paralytic. All of them that we've looked at over the past I don't know 12, 13 weeks. All of them were desperate. All of them were desperate and in a really, really bad situation. And in this particular case, we see these 10 lepers, we see them cry out to Jesus. And I'm just going to, I'm going to call what they did, I'm going to call it desperate prayer. Now, Maybe not the kind of prayers that you and I pray, where we bow our heads and we close our eyes and we can't, you know, we can't really see the Son of God incarnate. We're praying to Him. He's, he's ascended into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And so we bow our heads and we close our eyes and we fold our hands and, and we talk to Him, trusting that He sees us and hears us, even though we can't see Him and necessarily hear Him. Um, but what they did is really the same, except they were, they were actually looking at Jesus. So I just call this desperate prayer. And uh, these, these guys were in a desperate situation. I don't want to talk a lot about leprosy. We, so we looked at a story already about leprosy and what it did to people back then. Anybody that had any kind of skin disease, uh, they were religiously and socially just pushed out. And uh, they didn't have a knowledge of medical science like we did. And so they had, it was more than just they had a, they had a physical problem. Uh, that it also coupled with that was a societal problem, a relational problem, and really a spiritual problem because of the way that they were treated by the religious community. So they stood way at a distance because they couldn't come close. They were not allowed to come near to the general, to, the, to, to, to people. And so they called out to Jesus. And in my imagination... Okay, in my imagination, all 10 of them were screaming at the same time. In my imagination, like the whole group of them together were just crying out, calling out to Jesus uh, in, a, uh, in, a very, in, a very, in a very desperate way. I think if there's something that we could learn from these lepers in general, it, it would be just that. I mean, they were calling out in desperation to Jesus. Uh, how many of you pray desperate prayers? I hope that we've all prayed desperate prayers sometime. I, I don't know that we have prayed desperate prayers desperately enough. Let me explain what I mean by that. I think that sometimes we find ourselves like we're in a desperate situation. And maybe, and maybe we pray a desperate prayer just kind of in passing. You know, like, Lord, help me. I mean, those, those prayers are pretty common. Wouldn't you say prayers of petition are pretty common? Prayers where we ask God for something? But prayers where we say, you know what, Lord, I'm sick, will you help me? Uh, Lord, I have a financial need, will you, will you give me money? Uh, God, I need a job, will you help me find it? Uh, Lord, I, uh, I don't know, fill in the blank. A prayer where we ask God to give us something. I would say that if we inventoried our prayer lives, that we all probably pray those prayers a lot, asking God to give us things. And especially when we find ourselves in a desperate situation, we tend to pray desperate prayers. But sometimes we don't pray them very desperately. Sometimes it's just like, I'm in a bad situation with like, oh Lord, help me. We're in a desperate situation, we say, oh God, I'm really struggling here. But we don't really pray 
in a desperate way that matches the desperate the desperation that the situation calls for. In other words, we don't we don't really seek God not truly, when we would say, Lord, I won't eat, I won't sleep, I won't drink, I won't go to work, I won't do anything. I want to hear from you. I am that desperate for you to intervene into my situation. And if not heal me, just speak to me. I just, I just, just want to be in your presence. That's whenever you know uh, that you have prayers, uh, prayers that are desperate. Well, in this situation, they prayed a desperate prayer, and they received exactly what it was that they needed. Now, wouldn't that be great? Look what it says in, in, uh, in verse 14. It says, uh, he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, some of you might say, why did he tell them to go to the priest? Why didn't he tell them to, why, why didn't he tell them to go to the doctor? So, I don't want to get too Old Testament on you, but basically, the, <laughs> the priest kind of served in that function. If they, had a, if they had a skin ailment, they would go to the priest. The priest would look at it and would kind of make a determination as to whether or not they were healed or not. Don't have time to go into all that Old Testament background. You can go Google it and look it up for yourself. I don't want to bore you any more than I have to today. Um, so uh, go show yourselves to the priest. And the Bible says that as they went, listen, they didn't even get there. The Bible says that as they went... They were cleansed, all right? Now, that's, that's pretty amazing. They, they didn't even get to follow through with what, it, well, what Jesus told them to do. And, and by the way, how many times do you think they had gone to see that priest? I mean, when you have a sickness and that you can't overcome, I mean, how often do you go to the doctor? Man, you're burning up the roads going in there and saying, Doc, I, 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 what do I, I mean, I can't, I mean, you gave me medicine, I'm out, can I have, I mean, what do I do? You want me to do exercises? What, what, I, I got to fix this. What do I do? And we probably go a lot. How many times had they gone to the priest and Jesus tells them to go and they were obedient? There's kind of a lesson in that. In fact, in your life groups today, you may have even talked about that particular part in the story of obedience. That's a good, a good point of application. But here's, here's the thing. They were cleansed. They were healed. And do you think they were happy? Do you think they were happy? think they were happy with what they received? Man, I would have been. If I would have had a sickness like that, I would have been so happy. If I had a desperate situation... And I, and, I, and, I, and I called out to Jesus for help, and he helped me, and he fixed that situation in my life, man, I'd, 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 be, I'd be pretty pleased by that. I would be very, very happy. I bet all 10 of them were happy. Don't you think? All 10 of them were happy. Listen, if, if, if happiness, I don't, want, I don't want to go too far on the soapbox, if happiness is all you're looking for, that's pretty easy to find without the Lord. If you're just looking to be happy. I mean, there's a lot of things that, I don't know, a lot of things you can do to make, to make you happy. This would, this would have made them real happy. Well, all ten of them were, I mean, I think, it doesn't say that they were all happy, but I, I think we could probably speculate. All ten of them were happy, but one of them, one of them, man, something spiritual happened inside of him. It was more than just, I'm happy. And it was even more that, well, I, you know, appreciate, I appreciate, you know, Jesus for doing what he, what he did for me. Something spiritual, something grateful that overflowed in praise just came, came pouring 
out of him. I, I'm, I'm just going to call this grateful praise. The Bible says that, that he, he, he was praising God and that he was thankful, that he was grateful to God. So I'm just going to call this grateful praise. Now look, we all know that there's, there's never a bad time to praise the Lord. The psalmist says that it is right to praise the Lord. And Jesus, now y'all get your amens ready, all right. Jesus is worthy of our praise, right? Oh man, I like that one's a good one. I gave you forewarning for that one. I'll try to do that again. He's worthy of our praise. I mean, he's, he's worthy of us praising him anytime, really for almost anything. It's amazing how he can take something bad and horrible in our life and work it out for good. I mean, we just deserve to praise him for that. It's one thing if, you know, he just gives us something good and that's worthy of praise. But whenever he finds our life in a wreck and he fixes us and he all these bad circumstances in our life and he works them out for good, man, he's really worthy of praise in that situation, right? I mean, he is worthy of us saying amen for every single thing that he has done for us. Now, now Pastor Andy, for those of us who aren't as well versed, um, most of us worship and praise uh, is probably about the same. Now, uh, I could probably get some people from the worship ministry or Andy could come up here and he could opine the difference between worship and praise. For most of us, it's for most of us it's kind of a synonym in our mind, but they're a little bit different. A little bit different. Worship and praise, a little bit different, but really, I guess you they're they're kind of they're kind of joined together at the hip. I, well, I guess you could say, I don't know, they're married. They're they really just one kind of flows into the next. However, worship, worship is more of like this, this posture of the heart. All right, it's a, po a posture of the heart, and it leads to a lifestyle. It's, it's a manner of living in the way that I live, okay? And worship is only reserved for God. Praise, on the other hand, praise, on the other hand, is like an, an external, like observable expression that we offer to God. And, and while we might worship God for all types of reasons, and worship could even, even be something somber and non-expressive, praise, praise is something uh, that is, is, it's like it's, it's closely tied to gratitude and thankfulness, and it overflows in expressions. Now, I might be able to praise you in certain measure. Um, I might say, you know, hey, you have a good singing voice, or, or you, might, uh, you might say to me, hey, I really enjoy your sermons. There's a, there's a measure of praise that we give to each other. But the type of praise we see in Scripture, scriptural praise, is, is a level of praise that is reserved also, just like worship, is reserved also for God alone. I mean, praise should eventually get to a point where we say, okay, um, you know, I, 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 really, I, I love my dog one way, but man, I love my kids in a different way. And, and we, we also have to see that whenever we think about how we, how we think about praise. Praise overflows, in, it can be songs, it can be words, it can be shouting, it can be saying amen. In Scripture, it's even dancing. Now, I don't want to see some of you dance, I promise. That would not be a good sight, some things you can't unsee. But, I mean, these are expressions of praise. Go back to that Scripture slide 
uh, if you don't mind, Nathan. Now, let me show them. So look at what he does. All right, see, there's a, there's, there's a vocalization. W- wouldn't, wouldn't you want to know what he said? I, w- I would love to know. I would love to know the words. It says that he was praising God with a loud voice. Man, I wish we had some quotations to know what it was that he was saying in his praise to God. But it was verbal, and it was loud, and it was expressive. And probably the whole crowd wondered, uh, man, what was going on with this guy? And he fell on his face. All right, so he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet as an act of worship or, or an act of praise. And this is... Uh, kind of similar to what we do at the end of service. Some people will come and they'll kneel at the altar and they'll kind of lay themselves out before God in prayer. We also do this in praise. You know, some people, some people raise their hands. Some people bow their heads. Praise is a, it's, it's like an expression. It should be joyful. It should be unhindered. And it should, it should, it should be something, uh, it should be something that should be regular in, uh, in our life. And this guy was grateful. And, and praise, always. there's always a measure of thankfulness and gratefulness that is ingrained in praise. It's almost always there. We are grateful. We are thankful. We are acknowledging. We are expressing this gratitude for, to God for what he has done. Here's a, and you can go to that quote now. Here's a, here's a quote that I found I, I thought was... I thought was pretty good. It says, uh, praise is the joyful recounting of all God has done for us. I like that. It is closely intertwined with thanksgiving as we offer back to God appreciation for his mighty works on our behalf. So his mighty works, we could, we could praise him for the cross, praise him for what he did to die for our sins. Or I could praise him that he you know, helped me out financially. I could praise him that he healed me. I could praise him for all sorts of big things and small things, personal things or corporate things that he does for all of us. But we say, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. Listen, this should be in your heart. You should have a heart of thankfulness and gratitude and praise to God. And listen, no matter what situation you're in, no matter, and, and, and I, know, I know that some of you are in desperate situations like a lot of these people that we've been reading about. But there should be at some point and time a measure of gratefulness and thankfulness and praise that comes out of your heart and out of your life because of what God has done for you. And the Bible says that out of ten, only one of them. Only one of them returned to praise. Now, I don't, I don't mean to turn negative, but listen, this is actually the thrust of the passage. We can learn a lot about desperate prayer from these ten lepers. Actually, these, man, these stories that we're reading, I mean, I could take one story and almost preach a whole series. I mean, I could, I could have a sermon on obedience. I could have a sermon on prayer. Just out, out of these verses, I could have a sermon on praise. Just, just out of this particular passage, I mean, I could almost get four or five sermons out of this one story or more. But the, listen, the, the, the thrust of this passage, and I don't know if y'all talked about it in your life groups or not, but the thrust of this passage wasn't necessarily on the expression of praise that the one offered 
to God. But the the neglected, I'm just going to call it neglected praise that the nine failed to give to Jesus. Think about that. Jesus only got a tenth of the praise that he deserved, a tithe. A tithe is good when we're talking about giving of our finances to the Lord. A tithe is good. A tenth, but a tithe of, of thankfulness? Husbands, wives, how would you like just to have a tithe, a tenth of the thankfulness from your spouse? I mean, how many of us just want to hear our boss at work just one out of ten times say good job? I mean, we, 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 we deserve more than that. And certainly, Jesus deserves more of our praise than that. And when, when, when these nine lepers, when their desperate situation was, was resolved, they basked in their happiness rather than returning and giving true grateful praise to the one that healed them. And they missed the biggest blessing of all. Listen, they missed the biggest blessing of all. They got the circumstances of their life fixed and they were happy about it. And that happiness probably was temporary because something else probably happened in their life that made them unhappy. I mean, that's how happiness works. It kind of goes up and down. They, they missed the greatest blessing in their life because they neglected to praise and thank Jesus for what he had done for them. I suppose there are more prayers of desperation offered to God then there are praises of gratefulness that he deserves. How about this quote? We're much quicker to ask God for things we don't deserve than we are to offer him the praise that he does deserve. And some of you would say, well, I just, I just don't know that God has blessed me. I mean, you, don't, you might say, you know what, preacher, you don't know my situation. You don't know what I've been going through. You don't know the hardship and the heartache and pain that has been in my life. No, I don't. I only know that the measure that's been in my life and the measure I've seen in other people's life, I do know this, we all have a measure of it. We all live this life. We all deal with sickness. We all deal with death at some point. We all deal with all of the hardship and all of the strain and all of the struggles that life has to offer. We all eventually feel it. But there are some of you that probably you're feeling it more than others. And maybe you would say, well, God hasn't really blessed me. And I would say to you, maybe you haven't seen them. Maybe you haven't acknowledged them. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, He makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends the rain on the just and the unjust. I mean, He blesses us with so many things. If you're a Christian, He has given you spiritual blessings immeasurable. What's that old song about, you know, count our many blessings? I won't sing it for you today. Count our many blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings See what God has done. I mean, God is, matter of fact, I encourage you to do that. Just write out all the things that you have in life, all of the good things that you have in life. And the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from God above. 
everything that you enjoy about life, everything that you love, everything that you have ever had that you have enjoyed in life at all. It all comes from the hand of God. Your very breath, your very life, we have and we owe to God. And if we're not grateful, you know, this is something to be grateful of. If we're not, if we're not grateful, God still loves us. He still loves us even when we're ungrateful. The Bible says he's kind to the ungrateful and the evil. You ever been ungrateful to somebody before? And then realize, you know, I, 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 that was a, I, was not, I wasn't very thankful for that. You ever, you ever done that to God? You know that God doesn't say, you know what? That ungrateful little punk. I'm not going to send rain on his yard. I'm going to let it turn brown. But his neighbor now, his neighbor's grateful, so I'm going to send rain on his neighbor's yard. And it's going to be plush and beautiful. Now the Bible says that he's kind to even, even, even whenever we are ungrateful, God is kind to us. I would say to you today, that's enough right there just for us to praise God and be thankful for who he is. And w- listen, we're in a relationship with that person. You have a personal relationship with that person. How many of you are thankful for the people that you're in a relationship with? How many of you say, man, I'm so glad I have my wife, or I'm so glad I have my husband. Y'all better start raising your hands. I'm so glad, I'm glad for my kids, I'm glad for my boss, I'm glad for my friends and neighbors. I mean, we all have people that we're in relationship with. We would say, man, I'm so thankful for that person, I'm so thankful for that relationship. We are in a relationship with the God of the universe who loves us, who died for us. That is enough right there for us to praise him. And when we do that, we get a divine affirmation. I, listen, what I'm going to show you, what I'm going to show you at the end of this verse, it's so easy, at the end of this passage, this last verse, it's so easy to miss, so easy to miss. I think this was the biggest blessing that this leper received that day. He had the incarnate Son of God speak to him directly and affirm his faith. How would you like that? What if you went before the Lord in desperate prayer and you spoke to him and talked to him about the circumstances of your life and you offered him praise and what if the Son of God who is seated on the throne next to the Father in heaven, who has sent his spirit to come and live inside of you, spoke to you directly and affirmed your spiritual life and affirmed your faith. How would that feel? Better better than being healed of leprosy. And my view is that's what we all need. That's what we really crave. That's what we really want. We want Jesus to speak to us, and we want him to affirm us. We want to please him. I really do believe that. I I believe that every, every person deep down inside, they have this need to live a life that is pleasing to God. They just, they just don't know it. They try to fill that hole in their heart with all types of other things. And as Christians, even though we know better, 
we get stuck in this cycle of constantly asking God for all these things that we don't really need and that we don't really deserve. The culture is running after all these things. That's what Jesus said. He says the pagans run after all these things. All the, all the stuff that we think we want. We, we spend so much, so much wasted energy praying for all of those things rather than just being grateful and thankful for what Jesus has done for us and the fact that we get to be in a relationship with him. And I believe that if, if we will just posture our hearts correctly, if we'll worship him and worship him only, if we'll praise him and count our blessings, if we will offer gratefulness and thankfulness to him, and if we'll take the time to listen, and if we have our hearts right, I believe Jesus will speak to us. And he'll affirm your faith. And you know what he'll say? Let me tell you, let me tell you what Jesus, let me, let me tell you what Jesus wants to say to you. This is what, this is what he would say. So you, you think that Jesus would say, now I'm talking to those of you who are Christians. You think that Jesus would say, you know, you really failed this week. You, you, you probably think that Jesus would say, you know what, I saw those snide comments that you made to those people. That was, I saw that lie. I saw that that thing that you stole. I saw you look at that thing on your phone that you shouldn't have looked at. You, you think Jesus would, would point at all the bad things. You know what? Let me, let me tell you what. If you're a Christian, let me tell you what Jesus would say to you. I love you. And I'm pleased with you. Because I died for you. That's what Jesus wants to say to you. That's what he wants. Now, that does not mean that he's not going to address some things in your life. That's what a father does. That's what, a, that, that's what our heavenly father does. It's not that he's not going to discipline us. It's not like he's not going to address things in our life. He wants you to know that he loves you, that he is pleased with you because you're his child. Some of you don't believe that. Some of you don't believe that. You don't believe that because you don't see yourself the way God sees you. And you don't understand your your you don't understand where you have been positioned by God. When you came to the foot of the cross, now you you enter into His love. Isn't that worth praising Him over? Just that. I mean, it's endless. The things that we can praise Him for. Let's stand. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud, clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And all God's people said, praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. I'm going to ask you to pray one of two prayers today. First, you may have a prayer of desperation that you need to offer to God. Maybe you're in a desperate situation. And you need, to, you need to pray a desperate prayer. That's just where you are. You're in a desperate situation and you just need to call out to God and say, Lord, I need you. 
And maybe, maybe you need the Lord. Maybe you would say, God, my circumstances are so bad. Please do something about them. Hey, that's an okay prayer. You can pray that. You can. And if you need to come to the altar at any time, if you need to bow down and pray to the Lord, right, you come to the altar and pray anytime you want to. You, you may say, God, I, I got some situations and some circumstances in my life. They're so hard. Please help me. But maybe, maybe things are really okay in your life right now. And you just, don't have a, you just don't have a drive for the things of God. And maybe that's the way that you need to pray a desperate prayer today. Maybe your prayer of desperation needs to be for God's voice. You need to hear God speak to you. You need to hear Him affirm you and tell you that He loves you. If you need to pray a desperate prayer today, I want you to, I want you to pray that. Maybe you need to pray a prayer of praise. Yes, prayers can be praise. Songs can be praise. Loud voices and shouting can be praise. Dancing can be praise. There are all sorts of ways to praise. You can also praise through prayer. Hallowed be thy name. So I want you to just offer prayer to the Lord. You spend as much time as you need. You, you offer prayer to the Lord and then you pray.